0: You know that you're not a yes man so the same reason you wouldn't defend me and my children against some random gook you're gonna stand that same ground for no reason because B2 added you a year after the video to tell you to check it out with them again interesting take and it's a uh, three hours of my life that I put into that video but that's not important to you what about five hours of my life Gino Monty and Pharaoh attacked us remember this saga this might be cheating Taking- Unfortunately, Monty and Afaro are unable to make it to today's ceremony, but accepting their award, former co-host, Miss Daniela Petro. First, I would like to say thank you to TWFS for promoting me because I'm love to be promoted. Unfortunately, I was released from the Monty and Afaro show. By accepting this award, I'm hoping Monty forgives me for being the pig that I was, and I want to again apologize to him, but if I cannot be accepted for my apology, I will just move on to wearing wigs and sucking pigs. Thank you. Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty and only seen here out of Indie Music TV in day one of the new year. Abe, welcome to 2024, my friend. It's good to see you again, man. It's great to see you. And it's great to see our guest, the icon, and who, you know, I'm going to say one of my favorite people, always good to the show, always good to me, Mr. Ahmad Johnson. How are you, sir?
1: Hey, I'm good. How about us two men on, on podcast doing the number one podcast?
0: Man, listen, you're always good to us, man. And like, like I said, I, I I saw some stuff going on with you, and we'll get into that later. But um, you're such a good guy, and you always like even since the first time when I meet you two years ago, we had first made yeah. contact, and you have always been such a respectful uh dependable person and i you know not to sound weird but it bothers me when i see things like on the internet that i saw recently and you know that's what made me reach out to you because i'm like you know what man i i just i just sometimes don't get it but we'll discuss that as we go on i got a few other questions for you more importantly how was 2023 for you And how's your family in 2024?
1: So far, so good, man.
0: 60 years old. You look better than ever.
1: What are you doing? Uh, Juicing? No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm not juicing. (laughs) (laughs) Just working out at the dojo every day, man. Uh, Every chance I get, I go into the dojo and work out with my coach.
0: Hey, listen. I got to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the test, right? Because it's like my test levels uh-huh. were so low. I'm on it, and it's like a miracle for men. I, I, I feel like, in my mind, at least 19 years old. You know what I mean? I feel oh, like yeah? I got more energy.
1: Hmm. I know you. I you, don't know, test. Because I'm. I feel sluggish what? most of the time, man. Really. Yeah, but it's been better since I started losing all that weight. It's, it's been a lot better, man. A lot better.
0: Now, are you still working full time? Are you kind of like half and halfing it? Or are you fully retired at this point?
1: Well, no, I'm working. How?
0: Like work, work. Are you? Are you working? Well, work, work, yeah, I,
1: I still, I still work with the oil company, man.
0: How many more years you got I left? Still work.
1: Um, really, I can go right now. But it's just, I, I got a good crew around me, man, and, and, you know, we just, basically, we got the the lady boy job. All we do is, you know, get the, the true stuff ready for the oil tankers to go out. Hmm.
0: And you said you got into that once you got, you retired from wrestling, right? You met somebody that was a fan yeah. and they got you in there? That's cool, man. Yeah. And now, do you run the crew? Are you in charge?
1: Yeah. I run my own crew now.
0: So, Here's a, here's a question for you. You got your own team. You're a beast. We all know this. Very intimidating. How do you handle them without losing your temper and pulling going full Ahmad Johnson on them?
1: Because, you know what, man, they, they're just a good crew, man. It's just, there's no need for it. You know, Like you said before, some people might see me, you know, meet me and see me as an asshole. And some people see me and they know that I'm genuine and a good person. But it depends on what you bring out of me.
0: You know what? It's a great point. I mean, again, through my dealings with you, I'll just keep reiterating this before we go into this, is you are a stand-up guy. Everybody I know that has dealt with you on a professional level have never had an issue with you. And um, I've never heard a fan say one bad thing about you. And, again, like I said, you're very intimidating. You're a big guy. Um, got this deep, growling voice. I could certainly understand people being scared of you. Um, but, uh, I mean, how does it feel to be, how do you say it, like, misrepresented by people? Does that bother you?
1: No, you know what? It it does. I'm not going to lie. It does. But, you know, it's only the, the Raffles that's doing it. And it's mostly the black wrestlers that are doing it, mm. like the Nation and and now Booker T threw his hat in the ring and um, I I think it's a lot of jealousy going on about me becoming the first black champion in history, because I mean most of them guys some of the guys have been there fourteen years working man and I came there first year, I become Intercontinental Champion.
0: Well, I was gonna that's like I was gonna talk about that later on, but since we're into it right now. I kind of agree with you, right? Um, even though we'll use Ron Simmons for example, he was that he became WCW Heavyweight Champion, the first black champion. What? To me, and I think to most others, it's clear that you're recognized as the, the difference maker. And I, why do you think that a black American? Is it just jealousy? Like I, 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 don't understand it. Why aren't they, why aren't they propping this up? This, uh, you know, the the time you won that belt was huge, you know. Even though it's mm-hmm. it's it's scripted wrestling, we all get this. It was still huge right. for all the fans, and it was huge for Black Americans. Why are they keep right. putting you down?
1: It's it's crabs in the barrel syndrome, man. It, it's you know, you try to climb up and the crab pulls you down, you know, and just like most of the guys, I don't, I don't know, has ever helped another wrestler get in the business. And you know, with the like, with the nation, for instance, Fruit told me he was jealous. So that was, that was cool. We, we, we got a, a, a cool one on that one, but the rest of them, they didn't start that talking until I left. When I left, everybody started talking. Start spreading rumors. I got beat up by D I got this. I, I met Johnson's a mean asshole and so on and so forth. But nobody said that when I was there.
0: So when you go to these signings, I'm sure you see some of the guys. Does anyone yes. come over and approach you and
1: say anything? I wish the oh, almost said something bad, man. I wish they would. <laughs> no, nobody's approached me and said anything to me.
0: Not even a positive thing. No one comes over to say, hey, man, sorry about that. Nothing.
1: Nothing. Wow. only part I've talked to, the nation, um, is is karma. I talked to Karma Mustafa, and, and, you know, there was no no bad blood, no nothing, you know, just me and Karma talking, you know? So...
0: Let's go back to the Booker T thing, and this is what prompted me to call you, right? Because I I, I saw you on a show, and I guess that's where it started. Um, I don't know if Booker T started it, or maybe you had said something that triggered Booker T. Um, But I saw your last show that you were just on. Um, I think it was on Hannibal's network. And, And I'm... Look, I'm not being disrespectful here. What bothered me about it, I I felt that it should have been more about you and not so much about Booker T, right? Because I felt like they were trying to get Booker T to somehow hook up with you on the same show and I think we're missing the point here uh in my opinion. You you were good friends with his brother, correct?
1: Oh, we were like brothers, man. We were we were like Man, we'd have been in so many fights together, man, against people, and we we were like brothers, man.
0: So what prompts Booker T to be angry with you?
1: Well, first of all, when he got out of, out of prison, uh, he didn't seem like he liked me from that point. Once, you know, once his brother told him who I was, and I guess told him, you know, how we had each other's back no matter what. And I, I guess there's a little jealousy there to begin with.
0: Did you feel the jealousy when you were training together?
1: Yeah, you can kind of, you know, feel a little bit. One time we were in the gym and um, he did something. I don't know what he did or I did or whatever, but he was talking mess. So I said, okay, I'll tell you what. we take this When we get done with training, we'll take this outside and see what's up. But nothing ever became of it.
0: So let's fast forward. What triggered this Internet problem between you two? What what initiated the issue?
1: Brother, I'm trying to figure out myself. It's, except one time I, I told um, said on a podcast that uh, I sandbag, book, or tea, whatever. But I was saying it in a way where I said I was out of shape. And I was, you know, wasn't ready to be back in the ring. And I had to go against Booker T, who at the time was, you know, on top of the game. Mm. And I went back to WCW, and I wasn't ready to go back to WCW. Only reason I went was because his brother asked me to come. But I wasn't in shape, man. I couldn't hardly breathe. I mean, that's when I had a weight on me.
0: I mean, you said that us and on a previous keep... show. You said you weren't ready to come back and that you were right. out of shape. You openly admitted to
1: that so right and his you know his brother and me you know if, if he really ever called me for anything brother i'm there i'm there because he's always had my back and i always will have his back but um i i don't know what triggered it man I, that's one thing i could think of that's one time I'm even missing his name but he took it the wrong way i didn't mean i was sandbagging sandbag i mean i was out of shape sandbagging. I mean, I've looked like a sandbag. <laughs> well. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Back then, because <laughs> so I lost all that weight, man. I mean, I I've, I had no business in the ring, period. And I'll be the first to admit that.
0: I I just feel like at some point, it like when your name is brought up by, in a lot of interviews, it does seem like the, the it's the black wrestlers that really have that major issue with you. I mean, if you were if you were talking to Booker T right now and you guys had a conversation, would you ask him, "Hey man, what's 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 your problem? What did I ever do to you?"
1: Yeah, I would ask him what sparked it because I don't really know what sparked it except that one you know comment. But the he took the, the comment totally wrong. But that's the only thing I think of that, that sparked it with that comment.
0: Well, let's fast outside forward that, now. We, go ahead. Go ahead. What are you saying? You know, outside of that,
1: I don't think we ever said two words to each other.
0: Well, now, most recently, I guess you had mentioned about him being in jail, and then he started talking about he's going to get a lawyer now, right? Because I guess he yeah. does. Right. What is that all
1: about? Well, you say you're gonna sue me, so I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, I don't like dealing with lawyers, but when he made his lawyer, he made one for me too. Mm.
0: It's funny what people are triggered to get sued. I'm I'm gonna get sued. You know that? I had a for former co-host on this show um a, a little while back, and it just wasn't working out. But now she she's threatening to sue the show.
1: Oh, you know how I feel then about lawsuits.
0: Yeah, well. (laughs) And again, honestly, Ahmed, I I don't understand why Booker T would be so angry about anything that you're saying anyway, right? The guy lives a blessed life. He works for the WWE. He has a podcast. He's making lots of money. I mean, it's like, you know, if he's going to jab at someone, he should expect someone to jab back, don't you think?
1: special especially to me. You're not going to jab on me and me not jab back. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a warrior. If you come at me, brother, you better be ready for war. That's the way I was raised in the military. That's, that's the way I am.
0: That's another troubled thing that that bothers me, too. You know, you serve this country, and thank you for the service. Um, You're welcome. I just don't understand. Again, I, I'm going to keep reiterating what a good guy you are, and... I look we're older now right we don't know what tomorrow is bringing us even when you're younger you don't know but as we get older the odds change a little bit as you know and personally I want you to be remembered as a good guy and a great wrestler and great for the business who made the difference who maybe had some issues right you openly admit you had some issues you were young right. you kind of weren't being guided the right way and I guess that's my problem with some of the shows, right? I, I, I don't want to – and, again, if I'm out of line, tell me. I'm not trying to be. I don't want to see you being represented that way because that's not the guy I know. And as a fan, that's not the wrestler I know. And I feel like right. these podcasts have to do a better job of not trying to bait people into these situations. Right. And, again, I'm not yeah, saying you no, have to agree it, with me. It's just the way I feel, you know?
1: You know, the difference between professional wrestling and say football or the military was, I worked with a team. Everybody was for each other. Everybody was one team. In the military, you had to be one team in the military. You know, you, you, you'd you be left out on the island if you're not part of one team, or they'll get rid of you. So, I mean, I had my platoon together. I mean, and not only was in the military, but I graduated most distinguished honor graduate. Top of the class out of two thousand soldiers, I graduated top of the class.
0: Do you think that maybe was your problem when you got into the wrestling business because you were? Because yes. I was in the military also, I understood the whole team concept, and this is a different world, right? And do you think that's yes. why you had a problem adapting to this?
1: Well, I, I, you hit it right on the head. I there was no team there, man, no team. And I had a big problem because I was used to guys coming together and, you know, all of us have each other's back as one team. And in wrestling wrestling, it's every individual is trying to shoot you down for himself.
0: Do you think that the wrestlers who you've had problems with, um, would benefit from speaking to you one-on-one and maybe understanding where you were coming from at that
1: time. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think they they would have if, if they came and talked to me. But you know, the thing about it is, I didn't have any beef with anybody while I was there, except for Ron Simmons when he kicked me in my my uh, kidney. That was the only beef that I had the whole time I was there. But once I leave, I'm hearing about all these other people that say they had a, a problem with me or I was this, I was that. Brother, I was what Vince made me.
0: So when you leave the wrestling business, are you proud of what you accomplished at that point?
1: When I leave?
0: When you left, right? Were you proud of the accomplishments when you left? Were you like, hey, I I did a pretty good job here?
1: I, I was very happy with the job I did, but I did want to fight for that world belt. And, you know, that's the only thing that slipped through my fingers, you know what I'm saying? So,
0: how do you feel personally? Because I'm thinking and I'm just thinking as a fan that all the negativity that was surrounding you back then and the way that the other wrestlers were probably talking about you behind your back, I'm assuming, you know, you may not have a problem. How does that make you feel personally that they cost you an opportunity to represent the company as the world champion?
1: Well, brother, like I said, it just, it's like, I mean, you got crabs in the barrel, like I said, and and none of the crabs, wanted me to be on top they always trying to pull me down but they couldn't because the fans didn't allow them to because when i come out i get a pop no matter what and with that intensity and 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 that well what else was gonna say intensity and just that maniac ahmed johnson i think some of them took that as men for real Cause when I walked to the ring, I could see it in their eyes that they were some of them were scared. Which
0: I guess could make a little sense, right? I mean, you're a big guy, you're intimidating. Uh, you're green. Openly admitted you're you're a bit green. Um let me ask you that. Where did you officially train as a wrestler?
1: Um, with well, Ivan Pusky. He had a school here in Houston. So I trained with him, Ivan Pusky
0: how was Ivan as a trainer? Do you feel that you got the necessary training? I mean, obviously, you got to the WWF and you became this huge star, but knowing what you know about wrestling now, did Putsky's school do a good job?
1: He he basically taught us to, to shoot, man, and he wanted everything to be intense and everything to be hard, and... I kept that lesson as I went on. Other people didn't. They did it their way. But I kept it the Putsky way.
0: And the Putsky way is shoot more than work.
1: Yeah, it was was somewhat of a shoot. I mean, not to the point you hurt somebody, but just to the point where, you know, they know you're in a ring with them. And he always told us, if somebody shoot on you, you make sure you give them a receipt.
0: So, if you're being taught that way within the school, did you have any training sessions? I mean, you just spoke about the one with Booker that he thought you were being a little, uh, a little aggressive. Did you ever have any other situations like that when you were in when you were training with Putski?
1: Um, no, I didn't have any any situations whatsoever. I mean, Ivan, you know, was, was a great trainer. He he loved me to death. Um, I had I had no problem with it. him. And his son Scott, you know, trained me, so I, I didn't have a problem with him at all. Nobody in school to have a problem with. Took that one time with Booker, and that was just a one-time thing. But I didn't. Nobody else. I had a problem with. Nobody else had a problem with me, and it was a good school.
0: So refresh my memory. You get out of the military. What what makes you decide to become a professional wrestler? Were you watching wrestling in the military, or even when you were younger?
1: no to be honest with you stevie ray was the wrestling encyclopedia. i mean he used to watch that uh mid-south or uh, the wcw we went to a uh, mid-south match with me and stevie and uh he was more into it than i was but like i said we were that tight if he was going to do it i was going to do it with him so he wanted to do it so i got in it and i started doing it with him
0: and what, you met Stevie on the streets? I mean, what, like, how did you know Stevie?
1: Basically. Basically, we, we met on, on the streets. There were just these girls, these <laughs> girls at this club that we went to, me and Stevie used to go to all the time. They were trying to start something between me and Stevie. They would come and tell me, "Oh, he said this, that, and other. And then go tell Stevie I said something. And we came together as friends.
0: All right, so I'm, I'm trying to envision this, man, because this, this is a pretty cool story. So you meet Stevie. Um, at that time, are uh, both you hitting the weights and, and hitting the gas together, or is it like you just meet each other and then you guys start hitting the gas and hitting the weights?
1: No, we, we, we hit the weights together. That was our connection with each other. We hit the weight room. I mean, worked out daily. I mean, daily worked out. So, you're working out, and then what
0: Stevie eventually tells you, hey, I-, I love wrestling, why don't you become a wrestler with me?
1: Yeah, Ivan Pusky had advertised in the newspaper that he was opening up a school, and um, Stevie saw it, and Stevie said he's going to be going to the wrestling school, and he want, know that I want to go up there too with him. But at that time, Booker you know, was home, so they, all, they went up there first, I believe, him and Booker. To start training, and then I came because when they was up there, they had Scott Casey and um, Blancher was helping Ivan train people. But when I went there, there was no Scott Casey, no Blancher, so I learned from Ivan and, and Scott.
0: So, at that point, when you the three, I'm assuming the three of you were at the school at that point. Is does Booker go to jail at that point, or is is he in jail before that?
1: Yeah, he's in jail before that. I think he he did 10 years. I'm not sure.
0: So he's in jail, and that's where you meet Stevie, and then you guys make that connection, and then Booker comes home, yada, yada,
1: yada. Right. Stevie. I I think Booker was in there for 10 years, I believe. I'm I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, but I'm not sure. That's that's what I I heard. But, uh, yeah, there was no Booker in the situation at all, just me and Stevie. And we were like brothers, man.
0: How's your relationship with Stevie now?
1: I haven't talked to him in a while. I need to call him and see what he feels about all this bull crap going on. So so
0: let me ask you this. You're in the WWE, Stevie and Booker and WCW and, you know, their Harlem Heat, great, great tag team. Um, Are you guys all communicating together at that point still? And you're patting each other on the back, or
1: is there no communication? There was no communication. Until um I could I left WWF and he called me, wanted me to come up to WCW with him and tag with him. him and Vince Russo. They wanted me to come up to W C W. And you know, I couldn't tell Stevie no, man. I mean we done been through too much together, man. Too many wars together.
0: And at that point, was Booker okay with you coming to WCW?
1: No, I, I I I already heard the rumors from from the boys. No, he was not. He was trying to talk Stevie out of bringing me up, and no, he didn't want me in WCW. So, the,
0: so it seems to me. I I, I want to go back, so I'm trying to understand where this whole problem stems from. It seems to me that Stevie was his brother, and he was jealous that you were very close to his brother.
1: Would that be I, fair? I, I, that's exactly. I, I, I agree. I agree on that. Mm. But uh, I can have some, some other fellows on the show that I tell you, uh, some of any guys that here in Houston, like uh, Big Buddha and a few other ones that, they didn't even try to. He didn't even try to help them get into professional wrestling up in the big leagues. I brought a lot of them up to WWL. To do little jobs and stuff like that, and like I told them, if you're good enough, Vince is going to keep it. You. If you're not, you're going to just be a jobber and be out of there. But I, I bring them up, and they got a look.
0: So basically, what you're telling me is that you've gone out of your way to to help the the common wrestling wrestler.
1: Yeah, I helped the, from the guys in the indies. And un, unlike Booker, I didn't pull them down; I lift them up. And that's because, I, like I said, I, I'm used to this team concept where I got a team.
0: So, again, I'm not trying to have negativity there, but I'm getting the feeling that you have a feeling that Booker's not really the best type of person.
1: No, no, especially after he talked that trash on the um, iPod, his iPod, whatever it is. Right. But no, I, I'm not. I'm not giving him a stamp of approval at all.
0: If you had the opportunity to speak to him on someone's show or maybe his show, what would you say to him?
1: Well, there's only one thing I would say to him. I mean, I tell him first of all, I know you never liked me from day one, but what made you go on? Your show and start talking that trash. I don't, I just really just don't know why. I mean, he at least could have told the people why he was talking trash about me.
0: Does that hurt you? Like on the human level when you hear this type of stuff or someone stabs you in the back like that? Does that hurt?
1: You know what? It, it doesn't hurt me as an individual, but I don't want my kids listening to this, but they're so mature now like my son Zachary and Marvin both work in law enforcement and my other son works for the post office my daughter has businesses several businesses and you know i don't want them to know that junk
0: do they hear this stuff though i mean I'm assuming they do right because you're a pretty famous dad yeah. and what do they say to yeah, you they hear and what do they say to huh? you huh what do they say to you
1: they just basically hate the people that are talking trash (laughs) and my son asked me why was it most of the black people that was talking trash and i told him like i'm telling you it was just just jealousy man it's just jealousy
0: if you had the opportunity to talk to these people one-on-one and you were able to make your point do you think there would become a point where you guys, or at least you could forgive them for the things they've said about you?
1: Oh, yeah. The, the, the Bible tells you, you know, you have to forgive and forgive. Yeah, I, w- I, would, I would forgive them. But, I mean, we would have to have a talk first. But, yeah, I, c- I could forgive them.
0: Again, my point is I want to... I want, you to, I want you to come out. I don't want your legacy to be marred by this nonsense. And, you know, I'm, I'm a nobody, I get it. But it's like when I look at you and I know the person you are, I don't want your legacy to be placed that way. I, I, I just think, I think people need to get out of their own way. Let me ask you a question. When you became a wrestler, did you learn wrestling history?
1: Uh yeah, I went back and watched some old tapes that Stevie had and um started watching Mid South. The mid South was really big then and, and it was here in Houston with old Paul Bosch. And um I started studying a little bit, you know, what what the wrestlers did and what they did. Then I started, you know, I went talk to Ernie Ladd and uh, Ernie Ladd told me some stories, man, that almost made me not even want to go to Professor Rassler. Can you share one? Yeah, well just like Kamala for instance, Kamala had a match and he got like five thousand dollars and the person he wrestled with got a hundred thousand dollars. And they treated Kamala like that the whole time, like he was trash and you know, he wasn't doing that was the nicest man that you're ever gonna meet. And they took advantage of that and treated him real bad, man.
0: I I I know from from speaking to people, Ernie Ladd was big on the black wrestler making sure yes. they protect themselves and represent themselves properly. Did Ernie Ladd ever give you
1: any advice? Um, basically, he just told me, you know, uh, to keep my nose clean. If I was involved in anything, you know, get you know, get it out of my life. And he told me, you know, being a black guy going into wrestling wrestling at that time. It was like a white sport because when I went up there, I think I was the only black guy there at WWF. And um, Ernie Ladd told me, you know, handle it with grace. Don't let anybody push you around. And if they do, show them what you worth.
0: What kind of advice now did Putsky give you, um... Obviously, you trained with him. From what I understand, when Vince Jr. took over the WWF, Putsky said, I'm out of here. I don't know if that's true. That's what I've heard. Did Putsky give
1: you any advice? Ivan, he didn't really give us advice. He just, just showed us what to do in the ring and what not to do. And he told us, you know, watch out for the marks, you know, and stuff like that. He didn't really give us too much advice as to how the business is going to be once we got into business.
0: Now, how do you end up getting the call to the WWE? You're training, you work in the Independence. Who makes the call and, and finds you this, this piece of gold, bringing it to the WWE during the Attitude Era?
1: Well, I was wrestling at the Sportatorium, and um, I had a match against the Freebirds. And um, this drunk guy came out in the middle. When I'm walking to the ring, he comes out of the audience and punches me in the back, some drunk biker. And I turned around in front of Michael Hayes and everybody and just hit him so hard. His hat hat went one way and he went the other way. That's how hard the punch was. And um, I've never been into a a scuffle where I did knock the person out. And uh, anyway, Michael Hayes, I got in the ring, Michael Hayes was laughing so hard, you know, he's trying not to laugh, but he's laughing about me hitting this guy. And then we had our match. And when we got done, Michael Hayes said, hey, man, I'm going to get you in the WWL. He's, I'm going to get you up there. And, of course, I that I the kind. So I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know. But that's what you can do. You can do it. If you can't, you can't. But uh, he, he kept his word, man. And he did what he said he was going to do.
0: Now, I'm trying to understand that. You're working in a sportatorium. So what organization is that at the time? And what is Hayes doing there?
1: Sport time, what was it called? Was it called Global then.
0: So he was what working a spot show while because he was in the WWE at the point at that point also.
1: I, I think he was. I, I think he was. He was just doing a little spot show, and um, it was me and him, and the whole Freebirds was there, and you know they we had our little tussle back and forth, and he liked the way I worked. And then uh, once I got to the WWF, I had my trials with uh, Mike Rotonda. And he was very, very thrilled about the way I worked for so a big man because I could dive over the rope I could do everything a little man could do. Yeah, boy,
0: you could wrestle. So you, it's great that you brought this up. So everybody knows about the legendary Sportatorium. Uh, in December, early December, the Claw came out. And it, it's doing pretty good about the Von Erichs. What did you... Did you know anything about the Von Erichs while you were wrestling? Did you hear any stories? Did you get to meet any of the Von
1: Va- well did you get to meet Kevin? Yeah, I, I met I met David at a match. One did time. you really I think his name was David? Yeah, I met him at a match one time and um he they seemed like good cool people, man. Real good people. The only bad spot I had that you something funny was um what's his name? Was it Greg Valentine's dad? His name was Johnny Valentine, wasn't it? That's correct, yes. This old man, would, he had one leg at the time, and um, I got down with my match. And um, I came to the back locker room, and he had watched my match for me. And he told me, come here, son, come here. He says, sit down here between my legs. And I'm like, what? He said, sit down between my legs. So I sat down there, and he took his hand. He said, when you punch somebody in the chest with your open hand, you do it like this. He hit me so hard, I swear to God, my heart stopped for a minute. (laughs) He had the biggest, roughest hands, and he hit me so hard my heart just stopped. For she's like for a quick second.
0: Wow. Wow. Again, tough guy. Is there any wrestler that Ahmad Johnson was scared of in real life? Scared of? Yeah. No. Not one. Hmm. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. So, we all know the trials and tribulations of Sonny. She's uh, officially going to jail or be in jail for a very long time. I know you've had some pointed comments about her in the past. Have you given any thought to her since? I mean, I'm sure you heard the news. Um, what, were your th- what were your thoughts?
1: I don't think they gave her enough time. Why? She is killed that? somebody. I mean, that was somebody. That was somebody's father. You killed. You know, and I. I don't. I don't think they gave her enough time. I mean, she really she won't so have so much big... left
0: over, right? Huh? When she gets out, she'll be, she'll be like sixty-eight or seventy or something like that, right?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean. You know, you've been pulled over and, and, and arrested several times for the same thing, driving and drinking. And Jesus Christ. I didn't know she was like that. No, it's it's, it's... But, uh, yeah. I mean but it's just I, I think they didn't get you know, enough give enough time to me. I'd be very sad if I was my relative and they gave her on seventeen years. Hmm
0: thinking about today's wrestling do you still watch wrestling i know you're a busy man
1: um i peek at it every now and then every now what i don't like about today's wrestling is they don't bring in jobbers no more man and and these independent guys you know they need to bring in jobbers because that's where they found most of the talent at and the, the independent guys aren't getting the, you know, shorter stuff anymore because they don't bring in jobbers. Every match seems like it could be a main event match.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: I don't know. Somebody took over and had the bright idea of not bringing in jobbers or whatever, but the jobbers is what got us over. You know what I'm saying? If it we wasn't for the jobbers, I wouldn't have got over like I did and a lot of other people wouldn't have got over like they did. So when you used Don't to have, have those squash matches,
0: when you used to have those squash matches, did you go to the locker room and, and thank those guys for the effort they put forward during your match?
1: Oh, I, I think them before and after. And I told them, you know, I would take care of them. I, didn't, I never hurt one jobber. Never hurt one jobber. Now, Vader, that's a different story. Vader used to eat them jobbers up, man. I mean, I see Vader beat the crap out of jobbers, and I never understood why he did that.
0: <laughs> did you ever ask?
1: No, I've never been asking why he, you know, squashed the jobbers. I mean, Vader was pretty tight. So,
0: let's bring it back. You know, we know we've had problems with D'Lo. You've had problems with, now, Booker. Um... If you could turn back time, is there something you think you could have done different to change the opinions of some of your co-workers at that point?
1: Well, I really don't don't want to change their opinions. I don't care what they think about me. But what I would have done if I could go back in time, change time, I would have asked Vince to let me go into the school first before I did my debut. Let me go to school and learn a few more things, you know, so I wouldn't be so green when I got out there. But, um, like, Al Snow helped train me a little bit. Al Snow showed me some moves in one day, man, a bunch of moves that I hadn't learned in a year. And Al Snow would have been a good trainer, man. Mm. All right. Well, last
0: question for you, my friend. I'm going to let you go. Um. If you could change anything, well, let me change that, Ahmad. If What is the most important thing that you did in your professional wrestling life that you could hold to yourself uh, close that you, you thought was so important?
1: My fans. My fans knew I love them and, and talked to them even now. When they hit me up on on Facebook, I hit them back up, and we talk, and you know, like we're family. We we talk to the, I talk to my fans. I don't. I'm not one of the guys that you know think I'm so high and mighty because so you can hit me on Facebook and I don't hit you back. I talk to my fans on Facebook and everything else. Like a lot of them are upset about this this situation, but I, I I I love my fans, man. I really do.
0: And how about your personal life? In, what what are you most per- Uh, happy about your personal life?
1: What I'm most happy about? Yeah. Becoming the first Black Intercontinental Champion.
0: It's certainly something to be proud about, man. I mean, no one could ever take that away from you, and you deserve it. Yeah. Now, more importantly, you're a Cowboys fan, aren't you? Oh, yeah. How you feeling right now?
1: (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I love Dak Prescott. I love him to death. But I don't think he has that X factor that's going to get them to the Super Bowl. He just doesn't have it. And he's a good quarterback. But he just doesn't have the X factor.
0: So what do you think? Ousted in the second round? You what now? Are they going to get ousted in the second round? Or are they going to make it to the NFC Championship game?
1: No, I don't think they're going to make the NFC Championship game. Wow. You know, last
0: time you on, Farrow was here, and he was saying he was all bragging about Aaron Rodgers, and I was looking at the video, and you had said that you thought they might make the playoffs. So I think you might know what you're talking about, because what a terrible season we
1: had over here, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And thing I liked about uh, – when I won, going back a minute, when I won the Intercontinental Championship, it was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I didn't see one black person in the audience. <laughs> but when I won that belt, they stood up on their feet and gave me a standing ovation and cheered. And that really touched me, man. That really, really did touch me.
0: Well, let's touch on that. Were you touched because of the fans or you were touched because it was a white audience?
1: I was touched because I went in there with the attitude that it's a white audience. They're not going to take me, you know, too well. And they showed me the complete opposite of what I was thinking. So they changed my mind about a lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff.
0: Now, why did you go into that thinking like that, though? You knew you were over. The fans loved you.
1: Yeah, just, we had never wrestled in Green Bay, Wisconsin, before. And I had heard, you know, it was, you know, basically literally white people out there. And I didn't think that uh, they were going to, you know, take to a black wrestler, you know, beating a, a white wrestler for the belt. But, God, when they stood up and gave me that standing ovation, man, it was, it, I mean, you don't know. I always had tears in my eyes.
0: Well, to be fair, though, Ahmad, it was a gold wrestler, so, you know, it's not... Necessarily official. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I just want to thank you again for coming on under such short notice. Um, you, I think you know what you mean to me, and you know what you mean to this show, yes, and sir. what a good man you are. And thank you. I think the fans understand what a good man you are, and I'm I'm hoping that some of the stuff settles down but let me make it clear i am in tony norris's corner and ahmad johnson's corner regardless doesn't matter um thank you where's your partner at so interesting question partner moved to florida um oh did he did he yep he well I can't, I'm not allowed to tell a story anymore. He called me, I can't tell a story anymore. But anyway, he met somebody off the show, and he moved to Florida. And uh, we're trying to get him on the Internet. Uh, he's you know, trying to get him back on. He's trying to still get settled down there. He's been down there for about six months. I know he's a huge fan of yours, and he loves you, and he asked me to say hello to you and that he misses you. So Farrow misses you immensely. Tell him hello back. You got it, brother. Mr. Ahmad Johnson, I want to thank you again for joining Monty and Nefaro. Thank you for taking the time. And uh, like I said, we're in your quarter. God bless, sir.
1: Thank you, brother. Always a pleasure doing business with you, man, because, I mean, you ask questions the others don't ask.
0: Well, we try. Well, we try. Thank and, you. For you being, know.
1: Thank you for being you, man.
0: Well, thank you for being you. Thanks again, sir. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ahmad Johnson. I friggin' love Tony Norris, Ahmad Johnson as a person. And, um, again, I don't think he deserves, uh, I don't think he deserves the heat that he gets all the time. I don't know if anyone disagrees or agrees with me, but, um, you know, it's a point. I think there's a point in his life and everybody's life. They got to start stop trashing each other, because I don't think he's getting his just due. Um, it would be nice to see him recognized more by the WWE, and it would be nice that he could actually go to arenas and uh, you know get some of the flowers. I think he deserves. Uh, I mean, this is my opinion, and I'm I'm pretty steadfast by it. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. The 30's on next, and then right after that at 9 o'clock in the main show, we've got the great Chick Donovan. So um, I think the champion of the 30 is Dan from Dan and Benny in the Ring. So we'll see you guys soon. Love you all. See you at 9.